1: I think people are always asking me, Hey, how do I make my offer unique? And I'm like, you don't need to make your offer unique. Guess what? Starting a blog on WordPress is taught the exact same way. They're the same buttons to click, whether you're teaching it or he's teaching it or whoever is teaching it, but you are the secret sauce. But now this comes back to people having that mindset block where they're just like, but I'm not special. I don't have anything different to offer. And I'm like, you absolutely do. Your stories, your background, what you've been through to get here, all of that is going to hit home with somebody that's listening that doesn't believe that they can do it. And when they hear like my story of an illegal immigrant that got her master's is running a very successful business is living her dream life in Hawaii. I tell people I'm like, these are the steps it took to get here. And I hope that somebody else is listening out there that is feeling like it's not for me. And that story motivates them to see that it absolutely is for you. So if you shy away from telling your story, you are shying away from inspiring that person that really needs to hear it in order for them to take that first step
0: you're listening to yo Quiero dinero a personal finance podcast for the modern latina I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business. So you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sasson. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Natalia, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. Really excited to talk to you guys. Yes. So we have been introduced because of your famous, fabulous sister, Delianne, the money coach. Yes, Delianne has spoken so highly of you and she has shared how you and your expertise has helped her transform an idea into now a multi-million dollar business, which is incredible. And so I feel like you're like the strong silent sister in the back that's doing all the magic stuff. And I want to uncover some of that magic that you have been able to help your sister and so many of your clients with. So let's start off with an intro. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Well, hi, everyone.
1: My name is Natalia. I am the founder of I Speak Social, and I am the creator of a program called The Fast Academy. And this program is all about how do you turn your expertise into a profitable digital product? And then how do you sell that with automation, right? Because nobody wants to be selling their product one-to-one in the DMs, showing up live every day. If you don't have some systems, that's why you're feeling that burnout. And a lot of what I teach people is how can Can we ditch that hustle and instead work smarter, not harder? Mm,
0: I love it. You are speaking to the choir. When I think about my nightmare as a business owner, it's having to show up for every single dollar. Like that's pretty much a freaking paycheck. And that's why we got out of corporate America, right? Not to live another rat race. Exactly. And so
1: sometimes you feel like I'm doing all the things, I'm showing up, I'm working hard. Why does this feel like I'm still really stuck? And that's because you're still taking that W-2 nine to five mindset into your side hustle, your business, whatever you wanna call it right now, that's not gonna work, right? What worked over there is not gonna work over here. So we have to sometimes work a little bit, slow down actually to speed up is what I call it and focus on how we can build these systems that will pay dividends in the future. And when you're just starting out on social, everyone's just like post 10 times a day and you'll make money and there's like no strategy behind it. And
0: that's why a lot of people get stuck. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I can't wait to dive into that. But first, I want to get to know you, your backstory. Little Natalia, were you always planning on being a mogul out here helping people kill it in business? Or like, what was the original plan? I think
1: there was always an entrepreneur in me as a very small child. um, My sister and I talk about this where she was like, never, I thought I would be an entrepreneur. Whereas for me, it was the exact opposite. I saw my parents having like, they were self-employed, so they weren't like business owners where they could step away, but at least they didn't have like a boss. And I really liked that idea. And then as time went on and I, you know, I worked very little for corporate, but always had in the back of my mind, I was going to do my own thing. Got a master's in international marketing in London, worked for an agency, fantastic agency, and really started to see people selling digital products online and like coaching and consulting. And it's like one of those things, right? You can't believe what you can't see. You can't even imagine it until you see somebody else do it. And the first time I saw somebody selling like a $5,000 like mastermind or a $200 membership. And I was like, wait, he has how many members? And I was like doing the math that really like put the bug in my ear about Eight years ago. Since then, it has always been my trajectory that like I want to be able to like own my own business. And then with my husband being in the military, we move around every two to three years. So every time we would move, I'd like start at that bottom of that corporate, you know, totem pole. As a military spouse, it's really hard to climb that ladder. So this was just a perfect fit for me.
0: Mm, I love that. Okay. So walk me through your transition from corporate to now starting your own business. What was that process like?
1: It was definitely not romantic. You know, (laughs) the first year was hella stressful. It was that kind of year where you're working 12 hour days. You're really not sure if this is going to work out. You're creeping over on LinkedIn like, well, that nine to five is looking kind of good right now. And it was because I had the support system that I made it if I didn't have mentorship, if I didn't have people around me supporting me, even though they didn't know what I was doing, my friends, my family, they had no idea, but God bless them, they were supportive. And that allowed me to like stay the course. But that first year was all about doing all the wrong things. And that's why I tell people I've been there, right? I was looking at website design, logo, looking at all the different tech tools. I was creating a different product every month. It was just a lot of like, just trying to figure things out. Things out on Google and YouTube, which 12 months later led to a lot of nothing. So it wasn't until I finally said, you know what, I need to get like some mentorship, some coaching around this. I know I have an expertise to share, which at the time was purely Facebook ads, that things really started to move the needle for me. And from there, it just evolved, right? Because from teaching people one piece, I started going deeper into other parts of digital marketing and my background and really finding that thing. So I tell people, Maybe what you're starting with now isn't what you're going to finish with. And that's totally fine. And if you think successful people knew what they were doing in the beginning, guess what? Most
0: of us did not. And that's okay too. (laughs) Absolutely. That's such an important message because I think there's a lot of people when they're starting off a business, they want that guaranteed success. They want the first thing to be the thing. And then when it's not, they see themselves and their ambitions as a failure. What do you have to say to folks who let that be the thing that stops them?
1: Yeah, especially if you're hiring a coach, expecting that coach to tell you what to do, right? Some people will enter the program and be like, oh, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And I'm like, well, I'm going to tell you that you have to fail forward. And the quicker that you can fail so that you can learn from those mistakes and figure out what went wrong, what went right, and what you want to do next, the better you will be. And everybody who has seen success in my program, yourself included, Janice, were people who were willing to like move quickly. They didn't get stuck in their head going, But what if this happens and, oh, but what about that one scenario that might happen? If I do it, it's like, don't worry about it. Just do it. Wait for yourself to like get the results and then like iterate on that rather than expecting that, again, like you said, the first one is going to be the one that hits a home run, which has not been the case for 99.9% of everyone I've worked with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's such an important point that you bring up. And I think another thing that I see a lot of people struggle with is identifying the thing. How did you first identify your thing? Like, how did you know what was working? So
1: for me personally, I feel like that one was an easy one. I know that this is such a huge topic. People sometimes get bonus calls with me, like my program. And it's so funny. Like I have all these calls recorded. I know what they're going to ask me sometimes before I get on the call. It's usually about like, what's my niche? What's my product? What's my offer? They're very confused around that, which is common. For me, it was a bit clearer because at that London agency that I worked at, I was in the Facebook ads department. So it just was a fluid transition to, oh, I don't have to like work at an agency to do this. I can actually teach small business owners how to run Facebook ads. So basically taking a skill set that I already had and that became a course. So if that's not something you have right now, or like in my sister's case, who was like, I don't want to touch employment law, we got to pick (laughs) something else. Then we start diving into, well, what kind of books do you like to read? What kind of podcasts do you like to listen to? What's something that if Ted called you tomorrow, you know, like for your TED talk Talk, you could talk about for 20 minutes without preparing. What do your friends and family come to you for and say, Janice is the girl for this. Like, you need to know about this topic. Like, let me go to her and start uncovering what are those things. And then diving into a competitor analysis to see like what kind of offers are out there around that and doing the process, like doing the work. So many people come in and say, I don't have a thing. And I'm like, well,
0: for most of us, it isn't just going to fall on our lap. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think another thing that stresses people out is this idea that they need to have a huge platform before it even makes sense to offer Mm -hmm. their services in a product. What is your take on that?
1: I think if you're trying to do webinars, which do require some form of volume, definitely that wouldn't be the first route I would go. Like if you're starting right now from scratch, you have no audience. Don't try to go for a webinar right off the bat. Instead, start trying to get people on the phone. But just by getting people on the phone, if you have 50 people on your Instagram, 10 people on your email list, you've got the ability to make a couple thousand bucks a month. So if you're not like hesitant to... Like try different things, and then eventually you can get to the more passive, completely hands-off route, then that's fine. So yeah, when I started, I had a couple hundred people on my email list. I did not have any social media following, and it was just getting on the phone and saying, hey, do you need help with XYZ? I can help you with this. This is how much it costs. Um, And it was a transition, right? It was like done for you, done with you, and then like DIY courses with like coaching. So maybe you don't come out of the gate with a course. Maybe you like start doing some done for you and then you do done with you consulting and you like work your way to that.
0: I absolutely love that. So the approach that I took when I was first thinking about my first offer, which is the ultimate side hustle starter kit, I first did a bunch of one-on-one calls where I, people yeah. would just hire me for one hour. We'd talk about their side hustle goals. I would start to see what those common themes were. What were the issues that people were encountering? And that started having my brain kind of operating in like, if I could teach this to a bunch of people at the same time what would that look like? And then I also started doing like low cost workshops to hone my skills as a presenter, which helped so much when it came down to the webinar portion, right? Because you're like putting on a freaking show and the more experience that you have, like presenting your ideas and answering the questions that will frequently come up and just like really owning your shit. It makes it so much easier than just like the deer in headlights thing that can happen for a lot of us when it's just like the first time we're trying to do anything on this scale.
1: Yeah. And I think in some cases, maybe you have a career where. If you were like a teacher or like a speaker or an author where it makes sense that you don't have to do done for you or even like one on one consulting because you're taking your expertise from your nine to five and transitioning it into a course, that's great. But for so many people who come in and see like these huge course sales and they want to do it too, but they have never helped somebody achieve that result, you're going to struggle because you have no framework and you have no way to walk somebody through like a process. And then you're wondering why uh, it feels so hard. But when you've done one-on-one, it's like, oh, I already know the patterns. I already know what they're going to ask. I already know their objections. I already know where they get stuck. I know how to create content around that. So it just becomes easier. It's a little bit longer, but not by much. Like I think my sister spent six months in the like, one-to-one realm before she fully transitioned into courses. And if you're telling me six months is too long to build the business of your dreams, then maybe you're not in
0: the right arena you know like Listen, it takes i'm time. glad somebody <laughs> said it okay because this instagram instant gratification world that we live in is not reality there's a lot of trial and error that you see on the other side of success that you don't see on the other side of success right so there's a lot of people who won't share their flops they'll just share the wins so it's important yeah. to know for every success that you see there's a couple of failures that just maybe aren't being publicized my favorite story is telling people about my first
1: webinar four and a half years ago, where I made zero sales. And again, I wanted to do things my way and not the way that my, that's another pitfall is you see the way that your coach or your consultant is telling you to do things and you're like, meh, but I'm going to do it my way. And of course it did not work. And I spent six months licking my wounds between <laughs> launching that failed webinar failed because it was a learning lesson towards relaunching it. And again, had I had a little bit more accountability, I would have shortened that timeframe. I would have said, you know what, I'm going to go at it again next month and I'm not going to wait so long. And it's okay that the first one wasn't a home run. I learned so much. So I love to share the missteps and the challenges even more so than the 50 K months, because it's like, that is more relatable to most beginners than these huge launch numbers
0: that feels very unattainable when you're just starting out. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about the elephant in the room pricing. How Mm -hmm. do we actually price our services in a way that reflects their actual value? So I love
1: this because, you know, there's like that quote, oh, you know, just charge what you're worth. And I'm like, (laughs) "Mm." there's a couple more things that goes into it besides just that. One, it's like, what can the market bear? Like, what what are people actually charging for this kind of product? But here's an interesting thing with some of my clients who come to me and say, oh, I see a lot of my competitors are charging a hundred bucks for this course, or you go on Udemy or Coursera or Khan Academy, where people are charging pennies for these valuable courses. It's not about like what other people are charging in that case. It's more about what value can I add to this offer that will make it worth what I wanna charge for it. So if you wanna charge $1,000 for something, it's not about like, oh, I can't charge it because so-and-so isn't charging that. It's about, well, what do I need to add to this so that my ideal customer looks at it and goes, that's worth 10 times more than a thousand dollars. And when you look at my offer, that's how you feel. You're like, I know this offer is worth 10 times what she's asking for based off of her results. So that's the main thing is figure out how much you want to make, figure out what you want to charge for it, and then figure out what you have to put into it. To actually, make it worth that. And you might hit a, a ceiling where you go, Well, I'm not willing to like showing up live that many times or adding this sort of bonus. That's fine. Then we just kind of adjust our price a little bit to reflect that. But it's definitely not a number that's going to like fall from the sky (laughs) just that's what a lot of people think they're like oh well i think this is what i'm going to charge and i'm like based off of what another really cool trick is show people your sales page or just write it out on a google doc what it is that you can help them with don't put a price on it and then ask them to guess the price if they guess the price you're not, you need to like go back and make it better. You don't want them Mm. to guess the price. You want them to guess over the price. It has to be something where by the time they get to that number, they're like, wait, it's only that much. That's the reaction you're looking for when it comes to pricing.
0: Mm, That is a gem y'all. I hope you were paying attention. You know, I think a lot of what folks struggle with too, is that Your hour of your time is equivalent to a dollar amount. That is how we're programmed in corporate America. And when you're an entrepreneur, there's so many other things to consider. You know, how much is it going to cost you to pay for the system that you're going to have your course on? What is the time that you're going to invest in building it? How many people are you going to have to employ potentially in the back end, right? There's like so many things that you have to price into the offer versus just here's the cool little course for you to
1: take. How many years did it take you to learn this so that now you can teach it to me in an hour where it would have taken me 10 hours to learn it, right? Right. Those are the intangibles of pricing that people don't think about. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the reason why, again, competitor analysis, customer research, that's not the sexy thing that people want to focus on, but it's the thing that's going to make you feel most grounded in the choices you're making. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, it boggles my mind that I'm able to sell a thousand dollar program about blogging and I think about, you know, what is it about my program that makes it unique? And for me, it's a couple of things. It's the fact that I do show up live where there's a lot of courses that it's kind of just like DIY. So you got to figure it out. So there's obviously value in having the coach there with you through the process. But I think it's also the fact that I'm leaning into a specific audience. I don't know any other Latinas who's teaching this. And for the most part, you know, people tend to gravitate towards folks that they can relate to from the cultural perspective, from your demographic. And I don't think enough people pay attention into how that like you yourself can also be part of the marketing strategy. It's not just about the course. It's about who's delivering it to.
1: Yeah. I think people are always asking me, hey, how do I make my offer unique? And I'm like, you don't need to make your offer unique. Guess what? Starting a blog on WordPress is taught the exact same way. They're the same buttons to click, whether you're teaching it or he's teaching it or whoever is teaching it. But guess what? You are the secret sauce. But now this comes back to people having that mindset block where they're just like but i'm not special i don't have anything different to offer and i'm like you absolutely do your stories your background what you've been through to get here all of that is going to hit home with somebody that's listening that doesn't believe that they can do it and when they hear like my story of you know an illegal immigrant that is now uh you know got her masters is running a very successful business is living her dream life in hawaii i tell people I'm like these are the steps it took to get here. And I hope that somebody else is listening out there that perhaps is feeling like it's not for me. And that story motivates them to see that it absolutely is for you. So if you shy away from telling your story, you are shying away from inspiring that person that really needs to hear it in order for them to take that first step.
0: Absolutely. I always find that you living in your purpose invites others to do the same. So be unapologetic because you could just be inspiring to somebody by existing and doing the thing that you're meant to do. Now, you know, as much as I love entrepreneurship, there are some downsides. Mm -hmm. What are some things that you maybe weren't prepared for that were like light bulb moments for you? Oh, like- quite a few,
1: but (laughs) let's, let's see if we can pick one. I think the main thing was not realizing how hard it was going to be to separate myself from my business like you almost like merge when it comes to a a brand, especially maybe not so much with e-commerce businesses where you might be selling a physical product. But when we're talking about digital products, online businesses, blogging, you feel like you have poured a piece of yourself into that product, into that venture. And when something goes wrong or doesn't go the way you expected, you don't just like, beat yourself up as in terms of the business, you beat yourself up personally. Mm-hmm. And that is such a huge setback, right? You have to separate yourself from the business and understand well, the business didn't have a good launch doesn't say anything about me. I'm, you know, like I'm not a failure because the business didn't hit that goal. And that took a lot of mindset work, especially with, you know, my background, immigrant parents who very much were like, you got to be a straight A student. You always got to do it the right way. The first time I had to understand that business is about whoever stays, sticks it out the longest, that's the person who's going to succeed at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. So that to me was the biggest shift that I had to make when I look back and go, wow, you know, like that expectation really like held me back. And yeah, today I'm, I'm better at it for sure. But it still creeps up from time to time that comparitis, especially with, you know, Instagram, social media, you look at somebody else and, and you think like, well, why do they have that success? And I haven't, you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. Trust me. <laughs>
0: Ugh, I'm so glad you mentioned that because the comparison trap is so real and it can be very paralyzing. So it's sometimes important for you to be able to put blinders on and just focus on what the hell you're doing because everybody else's success literally has nothing to do with yours. Yeah. And
1: uh, you don't know that the success that that person is building and what they had to sacrifice for it, if you'd be willing to sacrifice it. Right. Mm -hmm. So you might be looking at just the end result. And then when you find out, oh, but that person had to sacrifice having a relationship or kids or has sacrificed friends and going out, like you're like, well, maybe I don't want that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Then all of a sudden that end result doesn't look as good as you thought it was. So never assume that somebody's end game is yours. And that's a big piece of what I'm taking into 2023. What do I want to do in order to feel peace day to day? And yeah, like so far, I think it's worked well because five years in, blinders are definitely necessary. There's a lot of noise out there. So find somebody who is doing what you want and at least has like a similar trajectory in their business that you're like, okay, I resonate with this. I want to learn from that person. Um, I think that'll help.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Go to shopify.com dinero now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in shopify.com dinero. Let's touch on that too, because I think there's a lot of folks who've been burned by working with a coach that maybe wasn't necessarily aligned with what their goals were, but they made a financial investment. It didn't pan out how they imagined. And now they're skeptical of working with anybody else. What's your advice there on what folks should be doing to make sure that they are not guaranteeing their success, you know, with that match, but improving the chances of success? Well, the first thing I like to say about this is don't let a bad
1: coach or a bad course burn you twice, right? The first time they burned you is when you bought something from them and maybe it wasn't what you expected or it just wasn't the quality they promised. The second time is when you potentially meet somebody else that could help you, but now you're so skeptical that you won't allow anybody else to help you. Now you're letting that person burn you twice. So that's, that's the first thing. Now let's say genuinely that that person, you know, it wasn't good quality. It wasn't that you didn't do the work and now you're looking for somebody else. I would say number one, testimonials, testimonials and case studies, guys, like find somebody who actually has worked with people in the industry that you want to work with, or at least in a similar niche and find somebody who has helped people. Like if you want to do phone sales and that person has only worked with webinars, don't go work with that person. Person, right. It doesn't matter how, how snazzy their Instagram looks and how much you, you like them as a person. You have to also like the business model that they're teaching. Now, I know a lot of that comes with, well, I don't know what I didn't know, right? And so I made that investment. And then it's only afterwards that I realize, well, guess what? Then it wasn't a bad investment, right? You learned what you didn't want. And that is worth something. And a lot of this is trial and error in the sense of, well, I thought I wanted this. And then when I saw the nitty gritty behind it, turns out I didn't want it. Don't beat yourself up because you thought you wanted something and then you realized that wasn't your path. Just take it as a lesson and say, okay, the next person I find, I'm going to be able to ask better questions and I'm going to make sure that they have case studies and testimonials of where I'm trying to go. That's the biggest thing. Like if somebody doesn't have proof that they've been able to help other people, not just themselves. I'm usually like red flag. You know, (laughs) if I did one of those red flag TikToks, that would be the first one I would say. Hasn't helped helped anybody
0: else with themselves, like red flag. Yeah. So. So when they're selling you on a lifestyle, but they actually haven't done it for anybody else, huge red flag. Yeah. I think it also helps having some direction as to like where you're trying to go especially when you're a beginner, if you're just like, I'm just going to hire a coach and they're going to make me a millionaire, but I have no idea what the hell I want to do. Like, it's hard for you to match up what your goal is with a person. If you don't even know what that initial goal is. Right. No,
1: that's a good point. So I think in that case, you have to think, okay, what problem do I want to solve for? Focus on that first. Don't focus on hiring a coach yet. Focus <laughs> on figuring out like what problem do I want to solve for? And what are people doing in that industry right now? If people just spent five to 10 hours, seriously, five to 10 hours, I know it sounds like a lot, but we are talking about building a multiple six-figure, potentially seven-figure business. If you spent five to 10 hours doing some competitor analysis and saw what people were doing out there, you would instantly feel inspired by what you found. And then you would be able to say, well, now I wanna find somebody that can help me do something similar to that. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, find somebody who's like a year ahead of you, three years ahead of you, five years ahead of you. We don't wanna just look at the Tony Robbins and the Oprah's (laughs) of your industry. We wanna also look at somebody who's maybe only like six months, a year ahead. And so you can see all levels of the journey, but you're absolutely right. Like I think that if you are starting from absolute scratch, the best place is working with a coach that works with people that are starting from absolute scratch. Mm -hmm. So you're like, hey, do you work with people that do not have an idea yet and are still figuring out their niche? No, okay, then let me find somebody who does. Mm -hmm. And those are the questions that I think people don't wanna ask because again, they get attracted to the lifestyle, they get attracted to the person and they wanna put on blinders on like, well, what's the reality of what's happening behind the scenes in this program? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times I think people saying they bought something and it didn't work can sometimes be like, it can go both ways where the client themselves perhaps didn't ask the right questions before they dove headfirst into a program. Mm -hmm. I
0: love it. Okay, so I think one of the main causes of new entrepreneurs being burnt out is something that you mentioned earlier, which is like doing all the things, Mm -hmm. trying to do all the things to make all the money and you end up doing a whole lot of nothing. So what's your advice for like- focusing in on something that's going to give you enough revenue, enough success so that you don't have to burn out and do all the things? Six months. You got to give
1: one thing six months. And when I say this, my multi-passionate creators cringe, right? Because they're like (laughs) six months, but I have so much that I can teach. And what about this? I get it. Six months. All right. Um, What's that quote? Like we underestimate what we can do in a year and overestimate what we can do in a month. That is the problem, right? So you are thinking, oh, well, I'll launch this product this quarter. And by next quarter, it'll be on Evergreen and I can already launch something else. You are doing yourself a disservice by rushing this process. So first things first, commit to something for six months. The problem with that is that people will then get paralyzed and say, well, then the thing that I pick better be the right thing, right? Because I have to stick with it for six months. And that again, is not true because everything that you're going to learn through this launch process, you're then going to be able to take it into product number two. Like I'm sure Janice, if you were going to launch a new digital product today, it would not take you as long as the first one did to reach success. Right? So even though that first product might take a little bit longer, understand that you are building the foundation for future products that you want to launch. So if you can wrap your head around that and just say, Hey, this is not about me sticking here forever. It is just for right now, and everything I do here is going to be a building block for the things I want to do later, you're golden.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, I think one of the things that a lot of people succumb to is this pressure to succeed fast, because they're trying to escape from like the job that they hate or the circumstances that they're in. And that level of desperation, I think can show up in how you operate as a business owner. What's your advice for folks that are kind of like, I need this shit to work now?
1: Those are the toughest clients to work with, number one, because they definitely put a lot on the coach that they're hiring and saying that, well, I've already been burned three times and I've tried two launches and this didn't work. So now I expect you to come in and I'm like, hey, it took you two years to create this jumbled mess. It's not going to like undo itself in a month. Same thing for like your nine to five, right? It took a while for you to build the life that you have today. It is not going to overnight turn into this other life that you want. So it's unfair to say, well, it took me 10 years to maybe get here. And now I want it to take, you know, 10 days or or even 10 weeks sometimes for all of it to change. So it really is that perspective of, I need to give it, at least a little bit of time before I say that something isn't working. And I'm going to like not be so hard on myself because the assumption is I will definitely. Fail at something. I will make a mistake somewhere along the way. And the sooner I embrace that, the better chance of success that I have. The biggest pitfall I see is when people obsess about, you know, like their, their launch or their digital product idea. And they spend so long obsessing about all these little details that don't matter. And then they launch and then it doesn't work. At that point, you've already poured six months, a year into like obsessing about your logo and your brand colors and this. And then you go and you try to launch something and you don't make any money. What ends up happening is your your motivation is you don't, you're in a race against your own motivation to keep going. So mm-hmm. that's why I tell people like day one, make sure that you're asking yourself, am I doing revenue generating activities? And if you find yourself You know, with busy work that isn't actually moving the needle for you to get cash in the bank, you're in that procrastination cycle of, I'm not actually like, I'm staying in my safe zone, right? Because it's a lot safer to design something on Canva and look at the pretty (laughs) colors than it is to get on the phone and pitch your product. And maybe you've never done that before. So do those scary things and you will see that it happens faster for you, but definitely be realistic about the timeline. And if anybody is telling you that it's overnight success, that's another red flag. Run. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. It's right. another one. So one of the things that blew my mind when I was first kind of diving into learning about how to launch a course was this idea of pre-selling, like mm. literally building the thing as you sell it, mind-blowing. Can you give us just a little bit of a high-level framework of like what that actually looks like? So pre-selling is awesome because it really
1: allows you to focus on the selling portion first, And then the customer delivery, like after you've already had cash in the bank, as opposed to what most people do, which is I'm going to build the course, the ebook, the program, whatever it is. And then I'm going to go look for people to buy it. And the problem with that is your sales message and your actual course, like, you know, what's inside the digital program are not the same thing, right? So you actually have to focus on this. I tell people, write your sales page first don't, there's no product yet, write the sales page and then see if somebody will actually buy that thing. And that's when you're going to go and take it to market and say, okay, well, next week I'm going to roll out module one and then module two. I think you had actually, you joined when... Fast Academy had nothing recorded, and I was doing a rollout. So I give people two options. Option one: you sell the thing, and then you say, "Hey, module one is going to get released next week. Module two will get released a week later, so on and so forth." Or option two is the live delivery method, which is next week I'm going to show up on Zoom just like this. I'm going to teach the thing. I'm going to record it, and then I'm going to get it packaged so that I don't have to keep doing this over and over again. Some people get a little scared with the live delivery, and that's totally fine. You know. I did the pre-recorded and then drip release, but both of those strategies work way better than locking yourself up in your room for six months, recording something, and then struggling to sell it. Because what happens when you go to sell it, you realize, ooh, the sales message isn't resonating, which means I got to change the sales message. But if I change the sales message, that means I might actually have to change something that I recorded in the product. Mm -hmm. So now I got to go back and undo the product to make it match the sales message which sucks. So, yeah. <laughs> definitely if you write the sales message first, you can then build the product that the sales message was promising. Mm,
0: there are so many gems in this freaking podcast episode like I cannot, I can't handle it do this um, all day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know, that's the live approach is what I took for my blog bootcamp. So I said, you know what? I'm going to create a 6 weeks program. I'm going to show up live every single week. And I did that for five cohorts so that by cohort six, I'm like, I know exactly what needs to be in this program. I know exactly what the questions are, where the roadblocks are going to be. And it's been amazing because the program has evolved to now where it's a recorded program, but I was able to iterate and make sure before making that commitment to the curriculum. So y'all, I think the whole message here is like, this shit has levels. Okay. It yes. has levels <laughs> and
1: it will work if you work for it. Okay. Mm. Nothing uh-huh. works if you do nothing. So that expectation say goodbye to it right now. Yeah. I think that the reason why you've had the success that you had Janice and everybody else that I've worked with that has had that success, you weren't afraid to put in the work. You weren't afraid to try different things. And when something didn't work, you didn't say, well, I guess that's it. You know, no, you're like, okay, that was just one thing. I'm going to go ahead and learn from that and I'm going to do something else. And you have to have that mindset coming into this. Otherwise, you'll quit before you've even gotten the chance to see your initial results.
0: Absolutely. And I think knowing what I needed to know from, you know, being a part of your program, uh something like email marketing. I fucking hate email marketing with a passion. Like I hate putting together emails. I know it's important, but what it taught me being part of your program is like, you need to allocate some sort of resource to this. So if it's not going to be you, you better find somebody to hire this because this needs to be a part of it. And so that's where I started to realize that I just need to know what needs to happen, but I don't necessarily need to be the one to do all of these things, which I think is such an empowering place to come from, from an entrepreneur, because you're eliminating the overwhelm as the excuse for why something's not going to get done. Right and i think again knowing your community
1: and a lot of us you know pe- who have grown up in these marginalized communities where we feel like we have to do all the things ourselves and that we can't ask for help there's a lot of you know difficulties around that hiring feels like, oh, I'm not ready for that yet. Or I can't get (laughs) a VA for 10 bucks an hour, five hours a week to like help me out, which, you know, if you're comfortable hiring overseas, you can get somebody even cheaper than that. So I think even if you don't feel ready, you can't keep doing the stuff that you hate. All right. If you keep doing things that you hate, the tedious tasks that you don't enjoy about your business, you are burning yourself out. And as the CEO of your business, you are the one who are, who's responsible for the $10,000 to $1,000 an hour tasks. If you're over here doing the $10 an hour tasks, when are you going to have the energy for the ones that are actually going to move the needle? You're not, mm-hmm. right? So this is why a lot of business owners are like, well, when I make the money, then I'll get the help. It's the other way around. You got to yeah, get yo. the help first, and then you will see that the you'll have the creative space and flow to do the things you need to do that's going to actually like have those quantum leaps. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so let's talk to the successful business owner who is showing up for every dollar, knows that they're ready for some automation in their sales program. What does Evergreen look like and how do you know you're
1: ready for it? So I think you're ready for Evergreen when you just want to give it a try. Like, honestly, there are some people that I work with that don't do live first and they go straight for Evergreen. And if they have some of the pieces in place, they absolutely can do that. But the most important thing is, do you have a product that you know has sold before? So even if you've sold it one-to-one in the DMs, you've sold it by showing up live on Instagram, if this product has actually sold, then you are ready to put a sales presentation in front of it, right? Like a webinar, a pre-recorded uh, three-part video series, a five-day challenge, whatever you want to call it, right? Everybody likes to wrap it around in a different bow, but it's all the same stuff. It's a sales presentation in front of your offer, and then you can automate that. And so that's number one is, is the thing already selling in some way, shape or form? Okay. I'm ready to put like an automated sales engine in front of it. Um, The second thing is, you got to know your numbers. And before you guys tune out and say, oh, forget it, not for me. I am like a basic math kind of girl, all right? Like we're talking addition, multiplication, division, subtract, like it is not
0: complicated calculus here. We are talking about- listening to a money podcast. (laughs) So I don't want to hear no complaints about numbers, okay?
1: (laughs) But like tracking numbers gives people so much freeze in their business where they're just like, I don't want to look at my data. All I want to look at is the fact that I didn't make the money I was expecting to make and i'm like but what happened between the money you didn't make and everything else right what are all the other data points because that is literally giving you the answer of what you need to do next and instead of you sitting there beating yourself up going it didn't work so i'm gonna throw this whole thing out and try something new the solution is staring you in the face if you will just take a minute to look at where potentially in the process, something broke down. So with evergreen, you're not showing up for a live, but you better be looking at those numbers, right? Like are people watching the video? Are they staying till the end? How many people are signing up when they get to the page? Why aren't people purchasing? Are you emailing them on autopilot, asking them that? Do you need to like create better emails before they even get into the presentation to make sure you're weeding out the wrong people? There's so many things that you can do to improve prove it rather than just say, didn't work for me. Like everything works again.
0: Everything (laughs) works if you stick with it long enough. Mm -hmm. I sense a theme going on here. (laughs) So Natalia, let's talk to the folks who are at that verge of quitting because they're just like, I can't handle another failure. What's your best inspirational message for them? Go back to the reason why you started the business. And the funny
1: thing is, is people will think like, oh, the reason today that I am in my business, Janice, is obviously because I feel like it is my life's purpose, my mission to help people get out of the nine to five, get out of the rat race. If you don't want to be doing that, go all in on your passion. Let me help you like work less, work smarter today. That is like my mission. I'm very passionate about it. But when I started my business, my reason, my why was I just want to be able to like have a job when I move from duty station to duty station with my military spouse. I just want to be able to like not have to work 12 hour days for a boss I don't like. And that's okay. You don't have to have like this huge why, but you need to have a why. And it has to be more powerful than I want to make $10,000 a month. If that's your only why right now, and you're not attaching the the 10K, the 5K, whatever that monthly goal is to a non-monetary reason, when things get tough you'll be like, I just want to quit. But when you realize that like, no, I need to get out of this nine to five. I need to like, I want that dream vacation. I want to be able to have extra money so I can retire my partner or so that I can send my kids to that uh, special school that I know will be better for them. That's what brings you back to center. And you have to put it on a sticky and you have to look at it on your phone and you have to remind yourself every day why you're doing this. Because just focusing on the money is not enough. That's the quickest path for you to give up because money is just it's a tool. It's a tool to do the things that you want in life. And if you haven't attached the money to the actual thing that you want, and that thing that you want isn't powerful enough to overcome the challenges and the hurdles. Yeah, you'll slip back like you won't do it. So pick a very big why.
0: And pick someone who can help you get there. I know, Natalia, folks are going to want to find out so much more about you from this conversation. So tell us how you work with people and where they can find you. Absolutely.
1: So, for people who want to check it out, I host a free class. You can go to fastmasterclass.com. At the end of that class, I will hang out. I will answer your questions. You can decide if it's a good fit for you to work with me as your coach. But that is the best way for you to come, learn what my method is, learn the people that I've helped, and see if that is what you want for your business. And I have a lot of fun, you know, doing this this class. Again, it's 100% free, and I lay it all out. I'm not one of those people that gatekeep the secrets. You ask me a question, I'm going to give you a straight answer, but there's a big difference between giving you the what and the why, and then you come into work with me and I'm going to give you the how, the step-by-step, right? So th- those, are, those are the options. A lot of people come, they watch the class. They're like, just with that, I was able to like get some ideas. I was able to learn. So it's definitely worth checking out fastmasterclass.com.
0: And I just want to plug in my own personal testimonial. I started my digital course curriculum in January of 2021. So we're about 18 months into me having these products over $300,000 with the framework that you've taught me, girlfriend. So thank you. Oh my God, that's incredible. Incredible.
1: (laughs) I mean, again, if I hadn't seen it time and time again, if I was me five, six years ago, I wouldn't believe it either. And so when people come to me and they're like, is this real? And I show them proof after proof after proof, even then sometimes people doubt, right? They're skeptical. And the only thing that I can say is come try it for yourself, right? (laughs) If you're willing to like do it, like it will work. So super proud of you. Like not everybody, it's not about me, right? It's about a combination of me giving you the framework and then you putting in the effort, right? And the time and you absolutely did. So no surprise there.
0: (laughs) thank you so much for what you do. And thank you so much for giving us permission to dream bigger and giving us the tools to actually make that happen. Absolutely. Let's do it. Great. Great resignation. It is here, guys. We don't have
1: to do the things we don't love forever. There is a better way. So thank you so much, Janice, for having me, for
0: introducing me to your lovely audience. And I hope you guys learned something. Absolutely. And we will make sure to link all of your awesome resources in the episode show notes. So check those out, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get this dinner party started. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, The Ultimate Blueprint for Becoming Poderosa with Your Dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, Stay inspired and stay poderosa.